Today, as we go to the Word of the Lord today, if you will turn with me to Revelations 3, chapter 7. I'm going to read several verses here, but I just feel like God has laid something on our hearts today. God knows who is under the sound of my voice today, and I believe God has wanted to deal with us and talk to us as a church. And today, I feel like this is a word for us today. Revelations 3 and 7, the Bible says, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, Write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, he shutteth and no man openeth. Verse 8 says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make thee of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Verse 10 says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwelleth upon the earth. Verse 11 says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Verse 12 says, Him that overcometh will I make a pillow in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. And verse 13 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the scripture, hath, hath, scripture saith unto the churches. Let us pray right now. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us today. Anoint us in this congregation, Lord Jesus. I ask you to anoint each one of us here today. Allow this word to be planted in our hearts today. And Lord, like, give us an encouraging word, Lord Jesus. And Allow us to open through this, this word, Lord Jesus, change our lives, Lord, and move closer to you, Lord Jesus. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to touch us and anoint us in the precious name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Today I'm going to talk to us for a few minutes about the title is At the Door. We have come to through the scripture and revelations, when we talk about the first couple books of revelations, you know, we find these are letters written to the churches, the seven churches of Asia. We, we find these, 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 these scriptures are just written letters to the churches. And this is the sixth letter that was sent to one of the churches in Asia. There is a pattern which comes forth describing what each church is having to deal with. When we read these letters, each one of them is, is written to a different church through the first couple books of Revelations, and we find that these, these letters are written, and they're describing a pattern of, and describes what each church is dealing with, kind of individually. It talks to each church individually. A few things about the text I read today is the church, in each one of these, the church is addressed by its name, which is actually its location. It's the city's name. And, you know, it's, so when the letter is titled, you know, they're talking about to the church of 
Philadelphia or these Ephesus or whichever church is, is, is referring to. It's referring to his name and it actually is his location. The condemnation list is the unfavorable circumstances that this church is going through. When you look through each one of these letters, we find, and just kind of give us a background of where these letters are, what these letters are for. These letters are talking about we each circumstances of the churches and the criticisms of some of these churches. And the correction tells us the spiritual condition of each church. So when we look at this, you know, just kind of each one of these in the book of Revelations, the first part, first couple books of Revelation talks about these churches and these letters to these churches. And, and I think here Jesus was actually speaking to each church individually. And he was giving them a command. He was telling them where they're at, kind of, okay, here's where you're at, and this is where I want you to be. And so, so today, you know, is, and so the call always began, or, or actually it was the end of the scripture, but he kind of gave them this charge after he gave them, spoke to them in the letter. At the end of the, end of the letter, he said, He that haveth an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Each one of these letters were ended just this same way. And what he was saying to the church, if you can hear, let you hear what the Spirit of God has to say. The challenge is given to those who are overcomers to rise above the temptations that we face and rise above the struggles of that particular church. And what they were saying is, you know, we don't have to worry about rising above the temptations of the church in Hatchbend or the church in Jacksonville. We have to, we have to rise above our struggles, our temptations. And sometimes, you know, each church, even like, like our church, the church in Tallahassee or the church in Jacksonville, they all deal with different things. They have different struggles. And today, and I think he was saying today, and he was talking to Philadelphia, the church of Philadelphia, but he, what he's saying here in the scripture is, is you don't have to worry about what they're dealing with. You have your own set of problems. You have your own set of things we have to overcome. And, and so today, we, we're, we're here, he's speaking to us, and I believe we can find ourselves right here in this letter. The church of Philadelphia, it was located on a trade route leading to the east. This, this, this city was a city that was kind of on the main road. It was kind of right amongst the, you know, wherever there was a lot of traffic going by here. And it also was called the Little Athens because of its many temples and its famous vineyards. Sometimes in life we find ourselves, you know, just a church on every corner. But he was speaking to this church. And I believe that sometimes we find ourselves, even in small towns, we find ourselves where there's churches on every corner. But what is the church preaching? What is the church standing for? What is the church thing? So we have to hear what we find in the in in this church. He's he's saying there there's many churches, but you're the one that's called. The word Philadelphia means brotherly love, and when we look at brotherly love, I feel like this church sometimes there there's a there's a there's a message just behind that. Just the, the, the word Philadelphia, brotherly love. And I feel like as a church, we have to have that brotherly love. And I think that goes way further. And I feel like if we have that here in our, our small congregation, we have that brotherly love. We're like the church of Philadelphia. We we're, 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 we're feel that. We've had many people say, I feel the love from this church. And I feel like we can, we can relate to that is our, in our church. The, the congregation and I'm going to talk about a couple of things that relates us to that. The congregation was small, so we can relate with that. 
a small, and they had little, the Bible says they had little strength. So that meant they was kind of small and they wasn't a big big power in the in the religious world. But they, here they was with a small church. But, but however, they were strong in the spirit. They were, they overcome, the overcomers will be made pillows indicating stability. And so, and sometimes in life, you know, when they, he says the overcomers, you'll be, I'll be make you as a pillar in the church. May know they wasn't a big, huge church. It was a small church, but he said, I will make you pillars and, and something to build on. The church of Philadelphia was a church with an awesome opportunity. Jesus comes to them and unveils to them a vision of what they could do. This church could influence people to enter the open door and worship the Lord. It was a revival church. It may have been small, but it was a revival church. It had many opportunities, and God gave them a vision for that. They could influence people to know God and know the God that loves them. And it was that influential church. It was a church where the people recognized the power of the word and the power of the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how many people sitting in the building, but if you, if you understand the power of this word of God and, and, you, and you recognize the power of the name of Jesus, the presence of God was with them. And as I've said many times, when you feel God's presence here, you know his anointing is here. You know God is here. So it doesn't matter how big the world thinks you are. We just need to show tell the world how big our God is. Verse 8 says, I know thy works. Behold, I, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. And today I feel like that. We feel like we, as long as we don't deny his name and we keep his word and truth in place, God will be amongst us. The greatest thing that God gives a church is a vision. A vision of an open door in their life. Sometimes, you know, we look at things, we have so many things that can discourage us. So many things that could come against us. But as long as we keep our eye on the vision that there's an open door. The Philadelphia church and I've said this already a couple times, reminds me, and when I read about this church, it reminds me of us, the Pentecostals of Madison, and that God is giving us an opportunity to be that church to make a difference in this city. Here that church was, he said, here, I give you a vision, and we have a vision to open the door. Peter preached a message, and I'm going to read this scripture, but I'm going to go back and touch, in, in Acts 2 and 16, the Bible says, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Here Peter is saying, referring to this, this scripture is referred to back from Joel chapter 2. He says, he says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he said in verse 17, he says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then he said something else. And he says, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. But today I want to back up on this scripture because I know this scripture for our church. You know, we know that God is going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh in the last days. But we have seen this already, and the Bible says, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. 
And then it just says, and your young men shall see visions and dream, dream, and old men dream dreams. But I feel like, you know, it does not, this, the scripture says young men. I don't think that just remembering to gender there. I think our young ladies can see visions too. And, and that has happened for our personal church. Yes. Sister Vanessa seen a vision or a dream that this church would be full one day. The open door of this church, and she's seen revival, and she's shared that with us many times. And, and I feel like this is prophetic word for this church. Amen. And we must hold on to that. That open door that was vi saw in visions, and many of us have saw visions, and we've dreamed dreams, and God has showed us that vision. And today, I'm here today say, we must hold on to that vision. We must hold on to that vision of that open door that's going, people that's going to walk through. Like the Philadelphia church, God has given us visions of an open door. It's not just a door, just a door, you know, just for people to walk through, but it's a vision that people are going to walk through that door. Our vision comes from God. It's not something that we just made up. It's not something that we just dreamed in a dream we didn't just have a taco dream as someone calls it i believe god has gave us these vision i believe god's vision needs when god gives us a vision it needs to become our vision and we need to take on that vision so many times in life we find ourselves just you know well i see that you know god gives us something or and but we need to take on that vision and as we take on that vision we do what we can to make that come to forth. Because God uses individuals. He uses us, our flesh and blood. He uses us to make that vision come true. We need to have a true burden for the lost. We need to have a true burden to see the visions that we've been revealed to. Our burden is has to be, we have to have, our burden has to come and worship God. We must reach for the lost, and we must invite them to come to the church. I pray daily for a vision of influencing people toward God. Every morning when I pray, I pray, God, allow me to reach someone today. Allow me to influence someone towards you today. It should be a vision of a continual revival because God's presence is here. When we say revival, we need to revive people. Sometimes in life we find ourselves needing to be revived. We need to be re-strengthened. Re re we, you know, we need some power invested into us. But today I feel like we need to reach for the lost. We need to have a revival that overpours. The, what we feel in this place every time we gather, it doesn't matter if it's a Bible study, it doesn't matter if it's church, that what we feel, the world needs to feel. Remember, I said the revival is when God pours out his presence out on his people. And as I read Acts 17, 2 and 17, the Bible says in the last days, God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And I believe we live in them days. I believe God is waiting to pour his spirit out. But he's just waiting for us to step through that vision and that open door. Philadelphia is the church of the open door. And I feel like today we are the church of the open door into this city. The greatest thing about the Philadelphia church is it's, it's great opportunity. We're there. We're in the middle of town. God didn't just place this church on 
right beside on Main Street, right beside Highway 90, on the main road through this city and through this community. God put this church here right on the, at the red light, right here because he, this is where he wanted us. He, he gave us this opportunity to be up front and forward. There have, to be a, there, there have been a lot of churches that's even had greater opportunities than maybe we do through what we see. We look at churches and we say, well, look at that church. They're, they're, they're just, they got so many opportunities. They just, they live in this big, big metropolitan area, big city, and they live in this big area with major population. Look at their, their opportunities. They have to reach so many people. Today, this place may not be completely filled with people, but we have an opportunity to reach people. But God has placed us in this area for an influence. We are here, are, are, what are we or what have we done in the area that God has placed us in? What have we done or what are we doing to make that vision come true? We need to influence our world for Jesus. God has chosen us for a purpose. God's vision must become our vision because God saw us long before we saw him. God knew what we could do. He knew what we were way before we knew him. God saw what we could do long before we saw any open door of opportunity in our life. When we saw that he, he opened the doors and he put things into place. And we've talked about it many times and I've said this many times from this pulpit. God has opened doors way before we was able to step through them. He opened doors of opportunity and he made, made situations, things happen and made things placed together for us to be at this time and at this place. He's put op doors of opportunity in our lives. And it's our job to step through them. Open doors. There is an open door in your own life. We have an open door. Let some, let's, let yet some hard time. Yet sometimes it's hard times for us to see what we see. So many times in life we we walk through life and we we don't see the open doors that God has opened. And we ask that question: Why can't I see? doors sometimes in our life we get discouraged when we hit god has us in his waiting room when he has us there waiting and we're like god i, I don't see what where you're going i don't see what direction i'm going and we, we get discouraged sometimes because we cannot see the doors that god has opened in our life but so there so in our life we have to just trust him trust that the doors that has opened is doors that he's opened for us to make his will come through so they, they just, sometimes people just live in just normal, the normal American life and even forget about living for God. When the only they can see is what they can see with their natural eyes. They finally just give in and just live like the rest of the world and just forget living for God. Only God can open doors that no man can shut. We have opportunities to make a difference, but God gives us them opportunities. Sometimes we trust, we try to trust on our own abilities. We try to trust just on our own abilities when God gives us the opportunities to reach people that's out of our ordinary and out of our comfort zone. Only God can shut doors that no man can open. 
Sometimes in life I think about some of the doors that God has shut in my life. And I say, God, you know, you know, we try to understand what happened and why, I'm, why I don't have this in my life no more, why I don't have that in my life no more. We have to trust him that he shut doors that we don't need to go back through. Sometimes in life I believe God tries to shut doors and sometimes we try to hold them open. He's trying to shut a door in our life and we're trying to hold our foot in that door and trying to keep that door part of the way open because we want that influence. We want to stay in that, that area of life because that's our comfort zone or that's what our flesh wants. Right. And sometimes God is trying to shut a door when really we're just trying to hold our foot in the door and trying to hold just hold on to two worlds. And in our life we find ourselves miserable because we're trying to hold one door open that God is trying to shut in our life. In my own life, I believe God has brought me here to Madison for a divine purpose. I believe he's brought me here and us here today, not just me. He's brought this whole church together from all different areas of the world and the country. And he's brought us here to this church for one reason, because he wants a church in this community. Notice the phrase, this phrase in the scripture I read. He says, I know your works. No one knows us like Jesus. No one knows our abilities. No one knows us like he does. Jesus can expect every part of us and correctly know our conditions. Jesus sees our internal life. Jesus sees our external life. Jesus even sees our family life. Jesus knows our past successes. Jesus knows our past failures. He knows our problems. He knows our difficulties. We can't be defeated. We cannot be defeated by our atmosphere of our past failures. So many times in life, you know, we find we, we live in times when we failed, times when we didn't measure up, or times in our own mind, even sometimes when we didn't, we, we had things that we fell back on, past sins, and we fell back on them, and we stumbled and failed. Sometimes we try to li we live in the defeat of our past failures but we can do all things through Christ Amen. don't become don't become pessimistic because of the atmosphere that's around us sometimes in our life you know in this last few months we've we've had this negative around everywhere you turn right. every way you looked and you've seen negativity and we cannot allow our atmosphere around us to take our vision Look to Jesus who holds the door open for you. Do not allow men's spirit or anyone to imprison your mind. Don't allow anyone around you to pull you down from what God has got for you. Don't allow anyone around you to take away your, mission, your vision of that open door. If we, the church, are going to make a difference, then we must be people with life-changing faith. And we must be people with world-changing attitudes. Amen. So we got to have life-changing faith. And I feel like we have faith that can move mountains. And we got to be people with world-changing attitudes. He is the one that has the keys. The scripture says he is the one that has the keys of David. It is the binding and loosening keys. Today I wonder if Jesus is trying to jingle his keys today. And allow us to know what is coming. He wants to open things in our life and he wants to close some things in our life. 
Today we must claim the door that's in front of us. Jesus tells us he has set before us an open door. But what does this mean in your life? What does this mean for you today? This means that we do not have to be large, powerful, or wealthy to change the world. We just need to keep him first in our lives. According to Jesus, the church of Philadelphia only had a little strength. They did have something else, though. The Bible says they kept his word, and then they they also did not deny his name. What will it take today to move you through the door that God has opened for you? If someone offers you a brand new home, all you have to do is walk through the front door. Everything is brand new in the home and it's free of charge. All you have to do is walk through that open door. It wouldn't, we wouldn't even ask if it, what color it was. We would just walk through the door. We wouldn't care if it was tile, if they was just going to give us a brand new home. We wouldn't matter, it wouldn't really matter how much, what the color of this was or color that was. We would just probably run through that door. But today, I have been talking about a door that has something a lot greater than an earthly house. We must immediately run through the door that God has. What is an earthly house? What good is an earthly house when God has got an open door to eternity? Talking about streets of gold. But what does it matter if, if we just, if, you know, if we don't run through that door? We must immediately walk. We cannot procrastinate, but immediately we must do what God's will. So many times in life we find ourselves just sitting back and, well, I'll I'll, I'll step through that door tomorrow, or I'll do this tomorrow. When God is wanting us to do it today, we must have immediate, immediate walk. We must be obedient and don't doubt the Lord, but follow him expressively. We must not be just be... You know, just doubting his word. And when, when he says he opened a door in our life, we need to just trust him and walk through it. We must walk through that door joyfully. If the Lord has opened a door, then he has good on the other side of it for us. So today, if, 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 if so we don't have to worry about what's on the other side of God's door. When God opens a door in your life, he has something that's going to benefit you, something that's going to be good for you. In eternity, Conf- we have, must go through that door confidently. Go through it with confidence. If God has opened the door, we must trust that He won't slam the door shut in our face. We live in a world that we have, we don't trust. Sometimes we don't trust what we see. So many times in life, of the world is of in in life, sometimes when doors seems to be open, we kind of step through them little careful because we're just waiting for that door to slam shut. When things start looking good in our life, we, we kind of cautionally approach that door because we're just waiting for it to, it's too good to be true and it, it's going to slam shut in our face. And sometimes we, we need to have the confidence that God's not going to do this that way. God has opened a door in our life and he's not going to shut it in our face. He's not going to, not just going to take us, take us so far and just tease us with this. God is going, he, he wants us to be happy and he wants us to be 
be with him and he wants us to step through this door with confidence like no other. Opening a door is as an opening for leaving, entering and leaving a house. Doors often used in the Bible as a figurative sense. In the Old Testament, the Bible says sin is crouching at the door. It means that sin is very near. In the New Testament, Jesus calls himself the door. And he says faith in him is the only way to enter into the kingdom of God. Paul constantly sought a door of service. And an occasion, and an occasion for ministry in the name of Christ. You know, we find ourselves seeking for that door, looking for a door in our life. As I said before, God has opened, give us a vision of the door that's going to come for us. But we must be seeking for that door. We cannot just sit back and wait for things to just happen. Because I believe God has called us to step through the door when he opens it. The, the, in Revelations 3 and 20, as I begin to close, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. He is call, he's calling people to himself, but no one will enter without permission. We'll have to allow him to come into our life. And so many times God has got, he got doors opened in our life. And he has opened the doors in our life of situations. As a church, he's, got, he's opened doors. But we have to stand through that, step through that door. And as a church, if we want to see our visions that God has gave us, if we want to see them to come true, we can't sit back and just wait. We're going to have to step through them doors. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to do something to, to make them things happen in our life. Today, as we stand across here today, I ask us to, to evaluate our lives today and think about, just think about the, the visions that God has given you and for your life and, and the visions God has gave us for this church today. I ask us to, to remember me us about them and, and I ask us, Lord, to, to, to ask, give us the courage and the direction to step through the doors that he has opened for us today. Let us pray right now. Let us search our soul. Lord, I ask you to touch us and anoint us today.